Hey guys, welcome to the show. You're listening to the Bella Italy podcast. Capita di rimanerci male per una discussione. Hey everybody, we are back around again. Anthony and Brian coming at you. Uh, I mentioned Anthony first because he usually gets a, yeah, a second seat on the bus. He's riding shotgun most of the time. So Anthony, you are in pole position, sir. How are you doing today? Good, brother. Good to see you. Um, we're doing these back-to-back, it seems. So we're excited uh, to talk about some of the most popular and I think you would say uh, the most interesting cities that uh, people do visit in Italy. If you are just joining us, we are on episode four in the middle of season three. As we've come back around here, uh, we're taking a another pass at some of our more familiar and favorite little jaunts. And we, we kicked off this season talking about how um, we should look at the trips coming over from the States, especially as a minimum of 10-day journeys. I don't want to get back into all of that uh, on this episode, but if that's intriguing, go back and listen to episode one. From there, we took a look at Rome, and then we got into the heartland really quickly on the last episode. Uh, We had a special guest on board, uh, Anthony's wife, Denise, who is also a member of the Italy with Bella team, and she helped us drill down into what makes it matter. Why spend time out in the countryside, uh, especially in this green heartland in between Rome as you're heading up north? And so we got into Umbria. We got into Tuscany, and now we're arriving at Florence. And I tell you, Florence is um, a big deal. I mean, <laughs> it makes me think of Will, Will Ferrell for some reason. I'm a big deal around here. Well, okay, but why? Le- you know, many leather-bound books, we can say rich mahogany, all of that. <laughs> but what makes what makes Florence a really big deal? That's what we want to, you know, kind of cut our teeth on uh, today. Um, so I'm going to poll you, uh, Anthony, what, of all of the places in all of God's green earth, uh, especially here in Italy, that people request to come and see. Uh, where does Florence place in the lineup? I mean, as people's bucket list and the things that are top of mind for when they say, I want to go to Italy and I want to see X. How many times is Florence at the top or near the top of that list? So it's one or two, right? And the reason being is, is when you talk about Florence, Florence has food. They think of, actually, all the time, you hear this probably too, I want to do Tuscany. And they think just Florence is Tuscany, right? In general, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and they don't realize it's even the capital. But that being said, is what they actually, you know, are looking at it from, it's not only the Renaissance and the art, is they hear about the food, they hear about the shopping, they hear about the architecture. They hear about it's walkable. So it, 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 it scratches a lot of people's itches, right? And mm-hmm. I think um, it's not just, hey, I have to go see, you know, um, the Duomo. I heard you got to climb it. It's great. Or I got to go to see the David. It's everything. And uh, I see that since, 
you know, I've been going for I don't know how many years, 25 years, whatever. But what happens is, is the situation with that is you could be a young kid that just wants to shop or you could be an older folk that just wants to go in museums and see art, right? So it just, it, it, it has to be on everyone's list. And I would say one or two, most of the time it's Rome and Florence going neck and neck at the finish mm-hmm. line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as you know, we talked about last week about Umbria and Tuscany and how, you know, you're talking wide open landscapes, panoramic views, hilltop towns. It's it's that image that people have in their mind when they're thinking, I just want to go spend some time in Italy. A lot of times Florence is so iconic and so well known outside of Italy um, mm-hmm. that people come with that in mind, uh, whether it's the, the, you know, like you mentioned, the Renaissance, the art, the architecture, uh, it, nowadays fashion, and even, even the food scene um, is, is fairly well known. And that's all very, very attractive to people coming over. Now, we usually don't have people fly in and out of Florence, but it's on the main thoroughfare mm-hmm. between that, you know, again, this this artery that runs between Rome on the western side of the western coast of the peninsula in the middle, running up towards the eastern top half, the northeastern corner of Venice and all of that. This is in that artery. And we're, we're trying to bring people's attention more to places uh, that are unknown and off the map and are giving them a real sense. And, and we'll get into that in a few minutes here, talking about does Florence really offer that? But what I, I'd like to pounce on what I mean, the, you know, the, the juicy, you know, the, the how do we say the low hanging fruit here for Florence is absolutely the bucket list items of, you know, just that iconic look and feel. A lot of times you guys go, uh, I've seen you and Denise and your family there in Florence looking right. Uh, you got a, an iconic apartment looking right at the mm-hmm. Duomo when you open your now. I, I wouldn't want that, but some people do. And I appreciate mm-hmm. that. And, and that is just the, you're right in the center of the action. And, and even last week, I think you and Denise kind of went back and forth on, you know, she, she kind of prefers sometimes to get out in that countryside and just have a four or five day by the pool, you know, and barbecue, this kind of thing. And, and, you know, I appreciate on the other hand, wanting to be right in the center of all the action, being able to walk right downstairs and out in the piazza and you're, you're just in the middle of it. And, you know, there's pros and cons on both sides, depends on where you are and how much time you've got on your on your trip. But for a lot of people getting into Florence for the art, the architecture, as we mentioned, but also the markets, the leather goods, there's so many things that are attractive. And I want to just spell those out uh, for people here at the beginning. So, you know, for you guys, especially our American side of the team, as you're talking to clients and you're hearing them say, okay, here's my bucket list. It's got Rome probably, uh, Florence is is probably 90% of the time or more, maybe Venice, uh, maybe Milan, but what, what's com- what comes to mind or what's on their, their list? What draws them? I wanna go to Florence because, and then fill in that, that blank for us. To be honest with you, I think it's a lot of what they see a lot of what they hear and what their friends are telling them. 
a lot of times people don't know about the Renaissance. People don't know about Michelangelo. They might even know the David until I mention it's there, right? Um, and what happens is, is they're looking at a trip and they're throwing a bunch of cities in. So what happens is we have to basically guide them. All right, you have Rome, Florence, you have Amalfi, you have Cinque Terre, you have uh, Sicily, you have, <laughs> and you've you got know, eight I days. mean, literally, we got eight days. <laughs> okay, all right, let's, all let's right, what's dismantle that. <laughs> what's important <laughs> yeah. on this list? And they'll say, well, I, Rome's definite because we want to land there. We want to see that. I've never been. We like to get to the beach or, and also Venice. So the, wor- the best thing about it, and we talked about it yesterday, is coming up that spine, right? If you're coming up the spine of Italy or coming up that, you just said, you know, that train route right through to Venice, Ven- uh, Florence is a no-brainer, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's, a, it's in the explanation of what Florence has to offer. Like I said, mm-hmm. at the beginning, it tickles their, you know, their ears when you say, well, it's, you know, it's great. You, lo- you want food and wine? Perfect place. You want mm-hmm. shopping? Perfect place. Oh, did you know that David was there? Did you know, um, you know, the Renaissance was there? Did you, you know, do you know, you know, just the history behind Florence? Yeah, we like that. It seems like it's small enough. I love the idea of having a, a walking tour when we get there to show them. I said, it's small. You'll get it after a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. And they understand that. I think, I think, oh, I know what Florence is. I get it. You know, I think it's all about a picture in their head. They already have, and it kind of meets that picture. Right. They're getting all those check boxes that they've been talking to us about at the beginning of the call. They have it on the list, but they don't know why they have it on the list a lot of times. That's what we okay. see from customers because they haven't been there. Yeah. It's it's the three cities that they hear about. But I think Venice because of the canals, Rome because of the Romans, the Colosseum and the Vatican. Mm-hmm. Florence is more or less about I hear about it. I know about it. I don't okay. I, I don't you, you say the Ponte Vecchio, they I'm, you know, they don't know what that is. You know, they don't they don't know what any the Duomo is, right? Uh why why would I want to go see this thing? Right. So mm-hmm. I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah. No, Hope I so. I have to agree with you on uh several of those points there that it, it's so iconic, it sits in the mind, it's what everybody blogs about. It's so, you know, just this uh, iconic. It's it's like going to Rome. And if you didn't see the Colosseum you wouldn't feel like you saw all of Rome. If you went to Venice and you didn't, you know, at least take a picture of of a gondola, you might feel like you didn't go and experience real Venice, you know, and whether or not that's the real, you know, X, whatever that is, uh, that's Mm -hmm. a different debate. But that's certainly what stands out in the mind. I mean, uh, in the times that I've been to Florence, uh, what what has kept me going back is so much of the the literature, uh, even even just the the paper, uh, the little nook shops here and there. Um, it's the it's the feel of I'm experiencing a little bit of otherworldliness or back in a, a different epoch of time where I kind of roll back. Now I'm not rolling back to the ancient Roman Empire. And I'm not rolling back to feeling like I'm going to see Marco Polo walking around (laughs) on the wharf down there. But I I feel like I'm in the Renaissance. I mean, there's a certain level of that. And and nowadays, you know, Florence, for better or for worse, uh, you know, has gotten really commercialized. And and it can be challenging nowadays to find some real Tuscan cuisine. And we've, we've laughed about that and made fun of that on, on previous episodes. So I won't go too far down that rabbit hole, but, uh, uh, suffice it to say, we, we do have to be a little bit, uh, picky and choosy, so to speak about, uh, where we send, 
people too, but it is still possible to get some really great food in Florence. And so, okay, well, that's a good overview. Um, anything you want to add on that before we kind of change gears here? Brian, where is your favorite place for Tuscan chicken? Tuscan chicken, uh, Nashville, Nashville hot chicken. Yeah, I like Prince's. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people say that Prince's is kind of overrated nowadays, but man, it's hot. That is some hot chicken. Yeah, uh, I digress. Tuscan, I'm sorry. <laughs> Tuscan soup, uh, Tuscan wedding With cookies, uh, Tuscan. <laughs> Those are those things that you still find in supermarkets and you're like, huh, is that really Tuscan soup? (laughs) Well, anyway, we digress. We digress. But we are sorry. Coming coming back around, uh, we've got a special treat for for folks uh, that are are still listening after our 12 minute introduction there. If you're still with us, you know, kudos to you for making it. Wake up, wake up. We got some exciting stuff coming. (laughs) No. Part of our our team. So just so folks understand, for Italy with Bella, we are um, we we are not divided, but we we are separated by a gulf of a very large ocean, a couple continents, and um, uh, several hours uh, diffused, as we say in Italian. Um, and so we have an Italian team that's up early in the morning by American standards while the Americans are sleeping. We have Americans that are up way late into the night. Uh, while some of our uh, Italian team goes to sleep, other Italians are are up all through the night too. So I I don't know. We've kind of bridged every every <laughs> gap there in between. But part of our team uh, involves uh, Miss Megan, who's joining us on uh, today's episode. Megan, welcome to the Bella Italy podcast. Good to have you on board today. Thank yeah. Thanks for having me on. I can talk until, yeah. the, until the cows can, come home about Florence, so this is fun for me, too. <laughs> the cows will be coming home in about 25 minutes, okay? So that's that's our time frame. But, <laughs> but uh, why, why do we have you on the show today, Megan? Yeah, so I actually made the decision to move from the States, from my family, to Italy, and Florence was the city of my choice. So I have been there on and off for about four years, mostly on for almost three now. So Florence okay. has become my home. Awesome. So you're a Florentine. Okay, great. So what what drew you? Why Florence? Um, you studied there. You lived there. Tell us a little bit about that experience. I know uh, talking to Megan and uh, Anthony knows as well, you have a lot of stories <laughs> of <laughs> school of hard knocks over here yes. of uh, just <laughs> happenstance and odd things happening. But uh, we'll, we'll leave those for another episode. But for, for right now, for the general appeal uh, of the situation, let's say, uh, what drew you over here to Florence and, and how has that been going over the last three or four years? Yeah, so how it's been going is a completely different story. Um, I've been told to write a book, but I don't even know if I have time for that with how many things have happened over the years. Um, No, so I actually decided to study in Florence because I was an an art nerd. I was an art student. And I chose Florence for obvious reasons. You know, my focus in art history was the Renaissance. And so 
there was a huge allure of Da Vinci and Michelangelo and all of these iconic artists. Um, you know, I always say I hate the way that art is going in the States. And so I was always pulled to that era in history because they place such value on beauty and talent and intelligence when it comes to the minds of artists. Um, so I did that in 2019, of course, right before COVID. Um, and what I didn't know is that even, you know, I went there originally to study and the second, and I always tell people this sounds crazy, but the second I stepped foot in Florence, it felt like coming home to a place I'd never been. Mm. Um, so I worked these last three and a half, four years to make that my home. And so you've been studying uh, art and uh, a student of, of history and the Renaissance and uh, even some of the architecture there. So uh, I know that you've had lots of people come through and you've showed them around uh, what is your new hometown. Now, you're originally from Arizona. Is that correct? That's where you more call home in the States? Yeah. Okay. For the bigger chunk of All my right. life, more or less. Okay. And it's a little drastic difference <laughs> between the bit. two, <laughs> from Arizona to uh, yeah to Florence, Italy. So people that you have had the the privilege of walking around town, show us Florence through their eyes for a minute, because uh, we've got a lot of folks that come over, and you know Florence is on the top of their list as we've kind of already discussed for the first trip over, but. You know, for those that are on their second, third trip, um, you know, I've been uh, two dozen times probably and keep going back and finding different things that I love about this town. It is it's small enough on scale that it's doable and it's walkable, but it's big enough and 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 has enough to offer. So so help us find help us place that balance there. What are most people looking for? when they come to Florence and, and what's that experience like through their eyes? Help us feel that for a minute. Yeah. So I will preface this um, just as kind of a, a bigger picture uh, moment, but I am not a city girl in the slightest. I grew up driving by cows and I never pictured myself living in a city. It was never in my mind, but Florence, like you said, has that it's interesting because it's a city full of opportunity, full of diversity, but it has a small enough town feel to where you almost feel kind of cozy and homey. So I think it's a really good comparison to Rome in that there is a lot to do. There is a lot to see, but it's a lot less overwhelming. And like Anthony said, you know, there are different people that come to Florence for different reasons. Some people are more interested in food. Some people are more interested in walking around. Some people are more interested in the art and the Renaissance and the architecture. But, you know, even if you have a group where everybody has a different interest, Florence has something for everybody. It is just, it's so rich and it's so packed full without being, now, actually, before I say that, it can be overwhelming. Um, the city itself is not overwhelming, but once you step foot in Florence, there's just so much to see. There's so many layers of history that people oftentimes don't know where to start. It's like every corner, every street name, every nearly every stone in Florence has a history to it. And so I think people go to Florence, like Anthony was saying, with this idea of like, oh, it's the thing to see. And there are a couple of cool things from the Renaissance, but then they get there and they realize just how insanely rich it is and how insanely layered with history it is. Um, but yeah, I think I think that most people go there because they hear that it's the thing to do. And then once they get there, they realize just how 
absolutely immense on the scale of history it is. So, I mean, I, I feel like I'm hearing from both of you guys that Florence definitely lives up to the hype and, uh, you know, what people have made out, made it out to be, it does actually stand up to that icon and that, that image. Is that true? Is that what I'm hearing? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah we definitely, absolutely. It, uh, it fits everything and it's, it, it, for any kind of customer, any kind of age, I think it's going to satisfy and want people to go back to. That's what I would guess. Yeah. Yeah. And on, on previous episodes, we've talked about Florence um, for the uh, bistecca, right? For the, the Florentine steak. We've talked about the, the Chianti wines. We've talked about the beef uh, in Tuscany. We've talked about some of the, the food layers there. We joked about it on this episode, but we've talked about all of that uh, before. What I, I'd love to focus on, and, and Megan, maybe you can help us with this, is um, you, you mentioned you know, the layers of history there. Uh, you mentioned the draw and the appeal of art and the architecture. If you if you were to give us a, a, a you know two to three minute summary <laughs> of, oh, <mama> mia. <laughs> of, of of the of the appeal and uh, give us some particulars, give us some specifics of what people come to Florence looking for. Yeah, so two to three minutes, Brian, is a high expectation for me to go over two thousand years of history, but. Um, as I was saying before, Florence is known for the Renaissance. You know, the Medici family and Da Vinci and Michelangelo, it was such a hub and such a place of flourishing for the arts in the time of the Renaissance, the 15th century, even the 14th century, the end of the 14th century. But what most people don't know is that Florence was actually founded over 2000 years ago by Julius Caesar. Um, and so while you don't see a whole lot of the remnants of that time, there are still echoes of it. You know, you can walk through certain streets. There's one street called Via Torta, which everybody walks by to go to the, the oldest gelateria because that's what's important, you know. Um, but it actually has this interesting curvature to it. Um, you know, most most of Florence is not necessarily gridlocked, but it tends to have more straight streets. But then you have this odd kind of turn in the street, and it's because it's built upon the ruins of a Roman stadium from 2000 years ago. So even though you don't see the the building blocks of that stadium, you're still walking on the layout of it because I love Italians, but Italians being Italians didn't just redo the foundations they just built on top of it. But then, you know, you have, you know, Florence flourished in the, we'll say the 14th, 15th centuries, 16th even, but it started to blossom in the 1100s when the Republic of Florence began. And so you get to, as you walk through Florence, you see remnants of the Roman era. You see remnants of the Baroque, the medieval ages, the Renaissance. You have so like one building can be Baroque. The next building can be uh, from the Rinascimento, the, the Renaissance, or you have the Romanesque in some cathedrals. It's just there's so much diversity and so many layers of history. And then, of course, you get to the boom of the Renaissance. And that's really where Florence just became Florence as we know it. Uh, and Anthony, back on, you know, to our, our folks that are coming over, maybe they're listening to this podcast or maybe they're uh, looking to come over to Italy with Bella. Um, the, are, is that on their radar? What Megan's describing, just the layers of history, the art, the culture that you find in a place like Florence that I think is quite unique here in Italy, uh, is that is that in their in their thinking? Is that on their radar? Are they coming for that reason? 
I would say the focus to them might be more of the antiquity of Rome, right? There is a percentage of customers that, and Megan's seen them, right? I think when Megan uh, meets with them or walks with them and talks with them, the education piece, that's where they get excited about Florence and realize, geez, I wish I knew this. And I'm so glad that she's teaching of this and we're walking through mm-hmm. this. And I think, Megan, you would agree, right? A lot of customers don't understand what they're seeing until they talk with you or actually dig into it. But a lot of times if people are going to Florence, like once again, it's because they feel they need to go because it's on that list and it's Tuscany. A lot of times people think of Florence as Tuscany when I talk to them, when we talk to them, right? Um, And it's food and it's wine. And there is some history, of course. They've heard the Renaissance, but they don't know what it is. They don't know, you know, what actually sits in that city to see and to fall in love with and to to actually grab hold of. Um, But I think you know, I would say 20% of the customers want to go to Florence because of the Renaissance. 20% of the customers want to go to Florence because they want to see the David, maybe even less, to be honest with you. It's more about, I've heard Florence is beautiful. I've seen pictures. I love, you know, I want to see the old bridge. You know, I want, you know, it's a lot of, like you said, what have I seen on Instagram and what have my friends told me, but they don't really have an understanding of the depth and the width of what uh, it has to offer in regards to what Megan just said. I think it's it's once they get that e- extra piece, then they fall in love even more, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God, the history, the beauty of the history and the story behind Michelangelo and the, the, the people and the times, that adds that whole richness to the food and the wine and the, the sights, right? I think that's what I would see with the customers. Non posso fare sempre il primo passo e venirti ancora incontro perché come avere sete con il mare dentro tu non mi concedi mai uno sconto è più facile che un sasso poi diventi più ma fare il primo passo sulla luna I wonder if you know moving past some of the um yeah, the, the more surface treatment, uh, if people only have two days in Florence, the normal places that they go. I mean, I don't know how many times I've heard it explained how that dadgum Duomo was built. <laughs> I, I could go back and watch video after video, and, and it still boggles the mind, right? Um, but let, let's push past just the, you know, the selfie-type moments uh, as you're walking around the Duomo or you're, you're walking in these uh, really iconic squares or or bridges um, you know as we're as we're looking at what's there to do let's say on a four or five day stay where uh, how, how how deep down that down that rabbit hole do people actually get with different experiences I mean we we really advocate uh, for people to try to base out of a town, whether a Florence or or nearby in the countryside, but then you know take that day trip up to uh, to Bologna, take the day trip down to Siena, uh, base out of there and do some other things in the countryside. And we mentioned this on you know on the last episode about the Tuscan countryside and the things to go and do and see there. But focusing specifically on Florence and and Megan, I'll kind of you know point this back to you. What are some other things that people do? You know, just to focus on experiences. I know we've got great markets, uh, well known not just for the beef, uh, but also afterwards for the leather. Uh, it kind of a natural uh, <laughs> organism <Regression>. there, <laughs> right? Yeah. But what what are some other things that people? 
can can actually do an experience while they're in Florence or even taking a you know little half day trip outside? Where where would you point people to? Yeah, so like we were talking about earlier, Florence has something for everybody, whether that's you know, doing you could do a bike tour. You can take an e-bike up to Piazzale Michelangelo and get one of the best views you've ever seen in your lifetime, um, potentially with live music as well, which never hurts. Um, you know, you can do wine experiences. You can do uh, museum tours. But also, like you said, Florence is so strategically located. I don't think I've ever had a dull day in my life living there. You know, if I ever feel a little bit antsy, I hop a train and go to Lucca or I hop the train and go to Siena and go horseback riding. Um, because Florence is so well connected, I would argue similarly to Rome, to where you can just hop a train and go anywhere. And there are so many beautiful cities nearby that you can hop a bullet train and just go see for the day. Um, but yeah, a lot of people, when they come to Florence, they want to do a tour of the David. They want to honestly just walk around because there's so much to see in Florence. And like we were talking about, it's just so many layers of history. Um, and I always like to tell people too that artists are some of the most cleverly sarcastic and sassy, petty people in existence. And there are just so many stories to tell and learn about, you know, Brunelleschi and Ghiberti and Da Vinci and Michelangelo. Like there's just, there's so much to absorb in Florence in and of itself. But if you're feeling antsy, you can always hop a train and go to a nearby town as well. And, you know, that that sassiness, you're, you're probably making mention of how strategic and thoughtful they were about whether they're painting or they're making a, a, a sculpture, uh, placing something architecturally or in a square, and how it accentuates something, draws your attention to something, makes fun of a pope or the church. Or You're talking about those kinds of things, how that was cleverly woven into their language, which was using their, their hands and their eyes and providing experiences for other people. And that, that stands out. Is, and I think that's what you're saying, but correct me if I'm wrong. No, that is what I'm saying. But also even on top of that, you know, most people, we place people like Da Vinci and Michelangelo on pedestals, you know, they're the Renaissance men, so intelligent, but then people learn that they used to get into fistfights over who is the better artist. Or you have Brunelleschi and Ghiberti of the, you know, the architect of the famous Duomo and the sculptor of the doors of paradise on the the baptistry right next to it. What most people don't know is that that dome only exists because Brunelleschi lost a competition to Ghiberti and he was so petty that he gave up his whole career and went to Rome to study architecture. So, you know, there are just so many, you see these monumental, breathtaking views of this unbelievable architecture, which going back to the, to the dome, my flatmate is an architect and he said they don't even understand still to this day how they built it. Yeah. But then you really dig down, you know, you're blown away by it, but then you dig down into the stories and it's quite laughable. It it humanizes them and it really brings life to a city that you'd <laughs> otherwise just be walking through and seeing pretty things. Yeah. I want to try to pull all of this information into something that's kind of palatable for people. Um, as we're talking about Florence, there's layers of, of history there. There's layers of art and, and the architecture um, that really stand out that, um, you know, uh, we, we have a, a lasting icon that is really famous and draws people's attention. But as soon as we start learning some of the context of who lost a card game or a bet 
and then had to do X, Y, or Z, you know, it makes it kind of funny, the the backstory, but not knowing it, you know, and this is something that we've always said, uh, Anthony, in the, in the couple of seasons that we've been on here, we, we have been advocates of uh, taking a privately guided tour and mm-hmm. with somebody that can actually uh, educate and wants to teach and wants to impart and wants to show the context and and why is it this way? Because that really helps uh, people appreciate and enjoy where they're at. I, I think that's what we're what we're kind of alluding here. I can yeah, I absolutely think- agree with that. Um, from my personal experience, I have met up with people. That, you know, they've spent four or five days in Florence and I'll talk to them and be like, hey, you know, how is how is your time in Florence been? How's the food been? The experiences, the people. And they'll tell me, you know, oh, it's really pretty, but it's kind of impersonal. People treat you, you know, I'm a tourist here because it's, it is such a touristy city for good reason. But, you know, I walk through the city with them and I, I tell them the stories. I introduce them to people that I know that I've built friendships with. And at the end of a couple of hours of getting to meet people, they will tell me that it's now one of their favorite cities and they had no idea that there was so much richness to it. And it wasn't just Mm -hmm. another, um, how do I say this, like Universal Studios feel type of city, something that you see in the movies Mm -hmm. and it feels like a movie set. That's one thing we know and we've learned over the years is when you have an American or a Canadian or someone that's never been overseas, um, Florence can be overwhelming, even though it's not Rome. It still can be overwhelming because it is busy and there's high structures and a lot of architecture. What the heck am I looking at? What is this piazza? Where do I go and what do I need to do? Even if we gave them a list of items to do, you know, you put Santa Croce Church, you put uh, Piazza Repubblica, you, you, whatever you do, right? They still like, all right, I'm here. What am I doing? That's why having someone like a Megan or uh, someone that walks them around and shows them and getting, all right, I got my I got my legs up beneath me. I understand the I understand the town. I understand the food. It's good to get connected, like Megan just said, to get connected with locals and get connected and understanding it. And once they do that, they fall in love, right? Um, and then, all right, I've seen everything. It's almost like getting an overview. Once I have that overview, I don't have to go to certain parts. I don't have to get lost on my own. I've already seen two or three things, four or five things, whatever that Megan showed me. Now let's go eat. Let's go drink. Let's go. Let's go see the David. Let's go to the one art museum. Let's go to the Galileo Museum, whatever. Uh, Galileo Museum. So I think that's what's good about it. Uh, I think we've learned over the years that we have to do that. And that it's something that we pursue with all our customers. Yeah, definitely is becoming more and more, I, I think, um, important to us to steer people that mm-hmm. way. Uh, we, we've talked about this before and we'll, we'll get back into uh, Venice here in a couple of episodes. Um, but, uh, you know, having people get off of a plane, especially if they're arriving in Venice from the States, uh, they, they get in the, um, you know, the boat and they're, they're heading into the lagoon. They're going to head to their lodging, having an assistant with them, uh, not just, you know, to, to help make sure they arrive <laughs> without too much stress or frustration. Cause it can be a little confusing, uh, the waterways, the alleyways, uh, you know, your, your, your GPS on your phone doesn't always, uh, track with you as in those little canals and everything. Um, but having somebody with you just to explain, Hey, here's where we are geographically. We're coming into this quarter now. And in this neighborhood, this quarter, uh, this is what it's known for. These are the good things that you can do here. But really, if you want X, Y, and Z, you're going to have to, 
you know, travel this way or that way and just kind of orienting themselves to where they are is super helpful to people's enjoyment level. Their stress goes down, their uh, appreciation for where they are and what they're doing and, and understanding why it is this way. I mean, you know, there, we don't talk about this a whole lot, but I think Megan, you can appreciate this having lived in Italy, uh, uh, you know, for a couple of years, there, there is a lot of stress actually living here if you have to be a local there oh, is, is there 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 is a little bit of stress associated with that and so understanding why things are the way that they are can be super helpful for you kind of moving past that and not getting not getting struck in, uh, stuck in that kind of stress cycle and so you know like we're saying arriving in a place like Florence that or a Rome or, you know, one of these bigger cities and, and just having somebody for the first hour or two that can help you orient, take you on a little walking tour, show you the lay of the land, introduce you to a couple places that you might want to go back and spend more time in, or the more important, uh, art galleries, you know, the universities, the churches, the, the, the places that are, are really attractive and, and to know, okay, you kind of in your mind, you start to build your own itinerary, but this is an education process a lot of the time. And just like you're saying, you know, uh, it, it's kind of unfortunate that after spending several days in a town, somebody might have run into you and then only then figured out, oh, well, that makes sense now. Oh, well, I wish I would have known. I guess I'll have to do that on my next trip over. But, you know, strategically putting that orientation and a little bit of guidance on the front end can make the experience so much more enjoyable. Um, so as as we're kind of tidying up our our thoughts, I I want to you probably got about five or ten more minutes here, but I, I'd love to just drill down into what what keeps taking you back personally, uh, Anthony. I know you've been a dozen times or more, uh, Megan. You've lived there. Um, w- what are the things that if you had a choice to go back to Florence, and I know we do because it's our work and we love it, but just as a person, what draws you personally back even after having experienced it so much, you know, that you would ideate on and see, yeah, this is, this is the draw for me. So personally for me, the food, (laughs) you, you just do not get food in the States like you do in Italy, in Florence. And One of the cool things about Florence, in my opinion, is it's kind of like a little America in that you can find anything you want. That can be a problem without guidance because you get caught, you know, in places that maybe aren't so good or are more touristy, but you have everything available to you. Um, Another thing for me is the culture. I love the people. Again, Florence can be kind of a touristy city and have that feel. But once you get to know people, once you build relationships or you're introduced to somebody by someone who's already friends with them, you really they welcome you with open arms. You already feel like family. So I would say the culture, the the people, the language, being surrounded by beauty does something to your soul. You know, people argue that beauty is a luxury, but I would argue that it's a necessity. And so being able to be surrounded by just so much beauty and history and uh, welcoming uh, nature from people, it's just, it's such a beautiful thing and just adds so much value to your life. Yeah, love it. Anthony, what what comes to mind for you? 
Uh, I wouldn't. I, I understand that Megan's term of home. I, I think I like the way she says that. It's not that it's home to me. It's just easy to me, right? It is no matter what hour. It's got liveliness. What you know? Yeah. It's 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 just you know you're never going to be bored. You know you've you've got food. You've got stuff to see. You've got you can shop. What do I need? I mean, literally, you can find anything in Florence. I mean, if you need something to you know, you'll find it for shopping from a shopping perspective. I, I, it's just an ease to it. It's walkable. It's got sights to see. It's got views. It's you can get lost. I mean, it's when you go there, you're like, all right. If I had to pick a city just to like, all right, never leave. That's the city, you know, because you have everything. You know, I mean, the only thing you don't have is the sea. But what we said at the beginning, you can get to the sea. You know what I mean? You can get yeah. to another city. Um, so it, it's just, you know, you, you get there and it's like, all right, this is Florence. It's home. You know what I mean? It's easy to walk. You're not getting lost. I mean, Rome's, I love Rome, but Rome's so big, expansive, right? When you're in Florence, you get off the train, you're in city center. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Go in any direction you want. Um, I guess that's what it is, you know, it's, and, it, and it's nice because no matter what age you're with someone, no matter what age, so if I brought my father or mother, or if I brought my grandson, they're going to love it too. So there's no stress on someone going to Italy. From my perspective, when I speak to, I mean, I'm Florence, sorry, not Italy. When I speak to Florence, when I talk to a customer, I know they're going to kind of feel the same way I do because of any age group is going to enjoy it. So, um, you know, I think it's just, it's home in a sense where I feel, I feel the most Italian or the most, I guess you would feel like you're in Italy because of that. It has such a blend mm. of everything, you know, that's all. Yeah. Yeah. Now there, there is a, uh, a familiarity to it because of how well known it is outside of Italy, probably something similar to an Italian's experience going to the States. They're going to, you know, choose the cities that are the most iconic The you know, the, the Manhattan or the Miami or the LA or, you know, something along those lines that, that feels you know, something already familiar in the mind. Um, and yet, as you're saying, it is kind of a, a one size fits all to a degree because of how many things there, how, how much there is to do there that uh, fits somebody's expectation levels. I know for me living over here in Italy, I love the opportunity to go to Florence because I know I'm going to have an excellent Indian food and I can't get that down <laughs> here, but it's probably not why most people come to Florence. Uh, but if you're in Italy, it still has that kind of appeal. So that's appeal. why it's we went to Indian food when you came to visit <laughs> last time. Now that's clear. I have certain itches to scratch <laughs> living down here in the deep south. I just can't get certain Bella cuisine. Bella needs so its Indian food for its customers. <laughs> that's that's right. why Brian had to check it out. Right. Right. I had to check that out. I <laughs> left the off. business card. <laughs> but no, I, I mean, even, even for those living here in Italy, it does have that one size fits all, a little bit of familiarity, something for everybody feel. And, and yet it is actually the real deal. And, you know, you just can't, you can't get enough of 
Florence. Um, and, and it's such an exciting city to, to talk about. And I'm always excited to go back to Florence, no matter how many times I've been there. And that, that is not the case with everywhere, uh, here in Italy. We, you know, we've talked about this in past seasons where, you know, for me personally, uh, Positano in the Amalfi coast is a once and done kind of experience. And, you know, it, it may not be that way for everybody, but it was lovely. It was beautiful. I'm glad I did it. And I just don't have a huge desire to go back. Florence, on the <laughs> other hand, I don't think I could ever stop going to because as you know, I think both of you have said, but Megan in particular, how many layers there are to it that you just, you just kept, you keep looking behind another layer of, of the paint that's on the wall and you, you discover something completely new behind it and that just never gets old. Yeah. One thing I want to add about Florence too is that, you know, there it, it is a touristy city. Everybody wants to visit for certain things and those things are worth seeing. But the other beautiful thing about Florence is that if you know the city, and this is why we like to give direction to people here at Bella, is that if you know where to look and you have connections, Florence still has those little local pockets that you won't mm. find if you don't have the guidance. But if you do have the guidance, you know, you, you go and do the touristy things that are worth seeing. And then when you go to dinner, you go for your aperitivo, you want a little quiet time. There are still those local pockets where you can kind of let your shoulders down and, you know, appreciate the more local feel. There's still those pockets where, uh, you know, Florence closes down in the middle of the day that you don't get in this, the touristy city center. So if you know where to look, you still get that real feel as well. No, I, I love it. That's an excellent point. And, and probably I, I will say this, you know, Anthony and I have gone back and forth on favorite downtime, kind of letting those shoulders down, like you mentioned. And I think, uh, Anthony's is, is having that Negroni at Aperitivo time, sitting in a Piazza <laughs> and watching people go by. I can't think of a better city in Italy to do that, uh, than, than Florence. It's absolutely my, my favorite place to have that kind of an experience in. So with all that said, um, yeah, Florence is uh, worth it, it, it getting through some of those layers, educating yourself, drilling down, spending some time and even basing out of because it's a great central location. Uh, just can't say enough good things about Florence. The next episode, we're going to talk about the coastal areas and we're going to get into some uh, new terrain for us that we haven't really debated or gone back and forth. I'm excited about getting into that. But I uh, just want to say thank you, Megan, for the perspective that you've brought Thanks, for us Megan. today. Uh, you've added a lot of uh, color and flair to uh, to our <laughs> to two two ugly old men show Just and a little bit of femininity here. here sprinkled in <laughs> thank Just you for, for bringing that uh, to us and uh, appreciate you being uh, on the team and uh, if you guys are thinking of going to Italy do yourself a favor go to Italy with Bella uh, check us out online italywithbella.com sign up for a free consultation with Anthony uh, and his wife Denise no strings attached. Uh, they don't play the little, uh, you know, the the mouse game, the shell game with you. It's just a free consultation. Uh, find out what you're missing out on by not being over here uh, in Italy and, and especially in Florence at all seasons. Uh, 
Florence, especially at Christmas time, as we're getting to this part of the year, is just so beautiful, and I miss it uh, being all this way down in the south in Sicily. Uh, but so glad uh, to have you guys on the show today. Thank you for being here, and we will see you right around the corner on the next episode. Ciao for now. Arrivederci. Ciao. Arrivederci.